Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and superfans analyze and dissect the heck out of the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. This week, we are discussing Lifetime Piling Up, the 20th episode of Season 2, which was written by Mark B. Perry, directed by Les Butler, and originally aired on the WB on May 10th, 2005. Yeah, let's talk about Brucus! Caitlin, Brucus wasn't really in this episode. Why do you want to talk about them? I just love them so, so much. They're so Layton cute. Layton all the way. Layton all the way. I don't know no. why you're so focused on Brucus when Layton is clearly the better I, ship. I just love Brucus. And I I just, I can't handle it. I just love Brucus so much. All, all right. Calm down. You like to indulge in these fantasy ships. I know you really love Dadboro as well, but you just have to know that these actual couples that are together on the show are much better and far more superior. But the ships are so amazing. Like, Debro, how can this not be? Like, we, ha- Debro has to be together. I'm sorry. It is a fantasy ship. You should not subscribe to that. I am sorry. So I am just here to ruin your fun because I don't I, I don't like that, you know? I'm shaking my head. So I am going to say this uh, real quickly just to get out of this conversation because I just want to leave and get to the episode. Um, Always and Forever is spoiler free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. While Nathan's in surgery, he dreams of an alternate reality. Dan and Karen are married and raise Lucas, who's the star of the basketball team. Nathan and Deb are the ones who were abandoned by Dan years ago, and Nathan plays basketball on the river court. Dan, the assistant coach of the basketball team, puts pressure on Lucas to be the best. Lucas is paying shark of a boyfriend. Kaylee and Nathan are best friends. Deb owns Deb's den. Keith owns Keith Scott Motors. Karen and Keith are sleeping together. And on the river court, Nathan and Lucas compete for a spot at High Flyers, and Nathan wins. When Nathan wakes up from his dream, he apologizes to Deb for everything lately, and Deb tells him that she needs to heal too. Later, we see Deb admit herself to a rehab center for her drug addiction. Nathan calls Haley and tells her he doesn't want her to come home because they need to go after their dreams. Otherwise, they will resent each other. Shipping Deb Rowe, even though they aren't in this episode, I'm Caitlin Elinich. And reading The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. Chilling at Deb's Den, I'm Caitlin Elinich. And getting naked consensually with boys in the shower, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. Caitlin, I, I just had the weirdest dream. I had a dream too. Really? What happened in yours? Somehow you were a Leighton shipper, and I was a Brucus shipper, and I don't really know what how that happened. That's really weird, yeah. Like, I had the same exact dream, like, and I was, like, you know, berating you for shipping Brucus and Debro. Like, what was, what was that about? That was weird. I know. Huh. It was really, it was an alternate, alternate universe, I guess. I, I guess it was. This was, uh, it was quite the bit, and I hope that listeners uh, picked up on it and they enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel God. like I made you sound evil for the record. 
no, no, you cannot have fun. <laughs> I am going to change the subject to say Always and Forever is spoiler free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just now I don't think of you that way. <laughs> I tried to be super loud. <laughs> I don't know if we were trying to do like exaggerated versions of each other. So, listeners, please tell us if our accent was up to par, and tell us if we if we succeeded with this bit. I think (laughs) I think Jeremy did a better Caitlin. I don't think I did a very good Jeremy. (laughs) Oh well. I was completely caught off guard when you were like, "Yo, Brucus." talk about these ships Brutus and Deborah like you you literally like you just go on and on about it what can I say I am just I I am I love things unapologetically what can I say I have space for that I do we didn't lean into that fuck I had it written down but you you moved on too quickly I didn't get there yet oh no (laughs) oh well too late and I, th- I think the song we're about to talk about is really on the nose. <laughs> You're redeeming yourself. I like this. Oh, oh one more thing. Barry Corbin yeah. needs more work. <laughs> Evidence. He's hardly in the episode, right? Right? I mean, he's in there, but he's, he's hardly in there. So. Damn. <laughs> what did you just have? Like a big list of bullet points? Like, this is something Jeremy would say. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Wow. <laughs> I didn't get to him, though. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have much written down. I, uh, like, I was sort of leading into the fact that, you know, I, I wanted to read some literature, and then I loved Leighton, and I wanted to talk very, uh, proper like this. <laughs> because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You definitely talk slower. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I was just trying to like relax a little bit. What if I just talked for the rest of the episode just like this? How about that? I mean, when I'm trying to transcribe our weekly clip, it'll be a lot easier. (laughs) But you do you. You do you. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to try my best. Use this as a learning experience. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into the song the episode is titled after. It's called Lifetime Piling Up by the Talking Heads. What were your thoughts, Jeremy? I didn't really think the song as a whole related to the episode, but I thought there were a few lines that really stood out to me. Uh, Three in particular, the line, and I can see my lifetime piling up. I can see the days turn into nights. I think this is the whole thing about uh, what it means, like life is passing you by. That's essentially what's happening to Nathan and his relationship with Haley. Like, they realize that, like, hey, our lives are passing us by. We need to figure our own shit out. And that's why Nathan tells her not to come home. Oh, I like that. That's a good point. And the two other lines. uh, This one says, I can see my lifetime piling up. I can see it smashing into yours. It was not an accident at all. Which... That's super on the nose. It's referred to the accident because the word accident is in there. I don't know. I was reaching with that one. (laughs) Yeah. And then the line, uh, we're spinning out of control. We're all over the road. Come on. Yeah. So I read this, the lyrics to the song and I was just kind of, I don't know. I couldn't really connect anything to it. But I like what you said about Nailey specifically. Yeah. And how like Nathan tells her at the very end at of the episode that basically if they don't 
go off and fulfill their dreams are going to resent each other. And in a way, I think the title of the song relates to that, like lifetime piling up. I mean, as time goes on and on, like they could end up resenting each other mm-hmm. if they're not going off to to reach their dreams. Yeah, so that that really makes sense. Yeah. But again, I didn't really think, like, the song as a whole, I wasn't sure what it meant. Yeah. It was just one of those things where I'm like, I could pick apart, like, little lines here and there. Um, the title, I think, works. I know, and I, I think that actually the next episode's title <laughs> would have made more sense than this one, though. Oh, yeah? What's what's the next episode's title? The next episode is t- titled What Could Have Been. I'm kind of curious why they didn't title this episode that. Yep. Uh, yep, you know what? I forgot. I thought the same thing when I <laughs> when I watched that, yeah. Or like when I saw the episode title, yeah. I thought that was strange. Yeah, it's kind of funny to think, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this that would be the perfect title for this episode. Right, huh. But, I don't know. They went a different direction. Whatever. Um, it works. Yeah, like, you, you go, One Tree Hill Riders. <laughs> <laughs> And then we also get a voiceover quote at the very beginning of the episode, but this time Nathan is the one who's reading the quote. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, really throws you off. It's a Douglas Adams quote. He felt that his whole life was some kind of dream, and he sometimes wondered whose it was and whether they were enjoying it. Now, I didn't actually read uh, Hitchhiker's Guides of the Galaxy. I want to clarify. That was for the bit. So, uh, (laughs) what did you... (laughs) I haven't read that book either. Okay. Um, So, I I don't know. But I think this quote really does relate to what Nathan is going through this season. And literally, like, Nathan is dreaming right now while he's in surgery. But I feel like Nathan's almost been, like, in a fog. Definitely, like, the latter part of this season. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think he doesn't really know what he wants anymore. He's confused about Haley. And at the end of the episode today, he he's kind of making a choice to to figure out, like, okay, he's making, like, an active choice to figure out what do I actually want anymore, you know, outside of Haley, mm-hmm. which I think is, is kind of mature of him, even though it, it's sad um, with Haley, but... He's actually starting to, like, instead of just moping, which he's been doing this season, he's going to figure that out, I think. For sure, yeah. And the fact that the quote mentions a dream. Is on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, it was cool. But then we transition into this alternate universe. And Caitlin, I want to talk to you about something. I love alternate universe episodes. You hate them. Yes. Do you want to unpack why? (laughs) (laughs) To me, they are such filler episodes. I don't see how it adds to the story. I mean, it's, I guess it's interesting to speculate, like, what could have been, but it's not like an episode that I'm dying to see when it airs. I'm definitely not dying to rewatch it. It just is such filler. I don't really have an interest in it. Yeah. Do you have, like, uh, are there other shows do you think have done alternate universes better? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd have to think about. So this is I've just your thought about One Tree Hill, then. I know, I've definitely seen them. I'd have to think about what shows, though. I, off the top okay. of my head, I can't really think about it. You any. may just hate them in general. That's fine. I mean, I yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like them in general. Yeah. It's not a One Tree Hill thing specifically. 
I am interested to uh, hear your thoughts on the Buffy episode, The Wish. What season is this? That is season three. Okay. I am interested to see your thoughts on that because I think... So I, I want to make one thing clear. I I love these types of episodes. I don't think this one for One Tree Hill is the greatest in the world. While I do enjoy it, like... It's not a five out of five for me, by any means. Yeah. Because I feel like this kind of toes the line be- between being kind of a filler episode, even though it's interesting to see, like, wh- how Nathan Lucas's life's- lives would have been different. But, you know, the episode of Buffy that I'm, pr- that I'm particularly thinking about is like, yeah, it's an alternate universe, but it also adds to the story as well. So I feel like that one's interested in that regard, whereas this one doesn't really fill that criteria. Yeah, I think there actually was one on the OC, now that I'm thinking about it, and I hated that, too. <laughs> okay. There, there was something, I uh, I think I blocked it out, because I just don't like those episodes, but it's in the season four of the OC. There, there's something where it's, like, an alternate world, and yeah, I don't particularly, didn't enjoy that one, either. Right. Didn't feel like it did anything to, like move the story along it's not supposed to move the story along yeah these types of episodes i guess really really what's the purpose of these episodes the buffy episode moves the story along is all i'm saying (laughs) so let's talk about this one specifically one tree hill what really is the point of this i think it's really hard to tell because Nathan coming to these conclusions after the dream, I don't really understand how he came to these conclusions. How he had to call Haley and say, like, hey, we need to follow our dreams or else we're going to resent each other. I don't really know how that tracks. Like, how did he come to that conclusion after seeing this alternate reality? That's what I'm not really sure of. And it seems kind of messy. And if and listeners, if you have anything that you think, like, do you think this works? Let us know, please. Yeah, but I didn't I'm think interested. Tracked. <laughs> definitely share in the discord for those of you who have joined us there yes. and and share your thoughts about this because i think yes. while i don't enjoy the episode it is kind of interesting to hear other people's views about it mm-hmm. i mean there's definitely things to talk about yeah some of these au differences are pretty uh are pretty interested uh first off let's talk about nathan and Haley. yeah so Nathan and Haley are BFFs instead of Lucas and Haley, which is cool. And they still end up together at the end, which I kind of liked. They still did the whole, like, don't say I never gave you anything, you know, that whole thing at the at the river. Um, and, you know, there's a little bit more tension between them. So that was kind of cool to say. Like, they didn't, like, switch it off to say, like, oh, Nathan's going to end up with Peyton or, or Brooke or anything like that. I know. They, they kind of left it a little vague there. But insinuated that Nathan and Haley would be together. Yeah. Then that's when Nathan wakes up. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then it's clear, uh, we'll get to that later, but like it's also clear that Lucas and Peyton aren't meant for each other. So yeah. it's interesting that they they choose it for Nathan and Haley, but they not necessarily for the other characters. I don't well, know. I think it's more so because like this is, this is Nathan's daydream. And he would like to think that uh, him and Haley like would have ended up together if things were different. True, you know, like and Haley's also tone deaf. I feel like that was the one thing that I didn't particularly like about this episode. Too, I'm like, you're not really leading to the alternate reality of it. Like this is, it, yeah, it's Nathan's ideal fantasy, which is like interesting to say. But I, I feel like that's the one thing where I'm like, it didn't really work as an alternate universe. 
like how how did Haley become tone deaf in this reality by having uh by Dan married Karen instead of Deb? <laughs> yeah, her <laughs> you know? her ability shouldn't change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Again, it's a dream, so it still works as a dream. But I feel like it's a, you know it definitely falls flat in the alternate universe aspects. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. One that I do want to call out, I thought this was, like, a really subtle nod. So, do you remember in season one when, like, Nathan was first uh, starting to get tutored by Haley, and he kept making those grammatical errors with, like, you and I versus you and me? Yeah. Yeah, in this episode, I thought it was really funny because uh, Lucas, when he kidnaps Nathan, he says, you and me have something in common. And then Nathan corrects Lucas, saying, you and I, you moron. So it just shows how, like, in this universe, like, he's been friends with Haley his whole life. So, like, Haley is, like, influencing him to be, like, grammatically correct, using you and I instead of you and me. I, I thought that was, like, a <laughs> that's funny. cute little thing. I didn't catch that, <laughs> but that yeah. that's cute. I-, I thought it was just, like, a very, very subtle nod that I remembered from a while ago. But it was nice to say in this reality that Lucas does not, uh does not have to seduce tutor girl yeah yeah because doesn't tim suggests that right yeah and then lucas says like that's a terrible idea tim <laughs> yeah yeah so it was just coming back to me now good point also, what is up with like some of tim's like lines he was like uh he suggests to, to lucas to like seal nathan's clothes and whatnot like what's I don't know they always give the most bizarre lines to tim <laughs> we should just seal his clothes Okay. Ugh. Anyhow, um, overall though, uh, you know, before we get into like some of the other characters, what did you think of like these uh, performance switches? What did you think about like uh, Chad Michael Murray playing a season one Nathan and James Lafferty playing a season one Lucas? I think James Lafferty did a better job than Chad Michael Murray. I agree. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, Nathan was Nathan's character was way more believable. As a Lucas, you know, type character. And Tri Michael Murray can play the bad guy. He can definitely do it. Yeah. I have seen that. Uh-huh. But he just couldn't really pull off Nathan. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's because, uh, in a way, James Lafferty has been spent in, like, the entirety of season two and, like, the latter half of season one becoming, like, a new Lucas. So I feel like James Lafferty has gotten more, like, practice playing the good guy, whereas Chad Michael Murray had to, like, completely switch gears. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Nathan, or James Lafferty has way more practice as being, like, the good guy. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, like, this uh, this version of Nathan that we're seeing here, it's not that different from the version of Nathan that we have grown to love these past two seasons. Yeah, I know he's been having, like, these uh, depressive episodes, these pa- you know, these past few episodes, but overall, the person that he was is still there, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I did really like his performance as Lucas. Or, not mm-hmm. as Lucas, but as a Nathan. New Lucas. You know, <laughs> as a nice Nathan, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a body swap episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do like a Freaky Friday shit. Yep. Oh, gosh, that's funny. Hey, we could review Freaky Friday because Chad's in that. Baker Soundstage. Yeah, Baker Soundstage. Okay, all right. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we have our next two movies planned for that. Uh, patrons, uh, stay tuned for that. If you want to listen to some of our episodes of Baker Soundstage, you can visit us, patreon.com slash alwaysothpod. We already have one episode up of John Tucker Must Die, starring a wonderful lady named Sophia Bush. 
<laughs> and that was a fabulous episode. Yes. Yeah, we have we have two more planned. So maybe Freaky Friday will be the third one. IDK. <laughs> we'll go with that. We will see. But yeah, um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Dan and and the whole like the whole new dynamic for the adults. So what did you think about Paul Johansson and uh, Craig Sheffer essentially switching places? Because that was an interesting thing that I forgot about. So initially, I thought they switched places, but really, no, not not so much. They kind of switch personalities in a way, though. But Dan is still a jerk. Dan's a jerk, like, in a different context, though, because, you know, he just doesn't have, like, his life going for him because he doesn't have Deb's money. I feel like that's, like, the big thing um, that they really lean into. But Keith is really an asshole, I think. And I think Craig Sheffer does a really good job playing an asshole. I don't know. I guess I didn't... I mean... Keith has the upper hand over Dan, like, being yes, his boss. He has the upper hand over Dan, and there were some comments that were... Yeah, he was kind of being a jerk to Dan. Yeah, calling him boozy. Yeah, that's a part that I was thinking of. But beyond that, like, he... Also I mean, he's sleeping sli- with his brother's wife. He's sleeping with Karen, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's kind of cute, though, that in this alternate universe, they're still, they're still, like, drawn to each other. Yeah. Um, I don't think Keith is overtly a jerk, though. But I feel like Dan is still Dan. Yeah. Keith is a little questionable. I'll, I'll say sure. he's he's a little questionable, for sure. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought Keith was a straight up dick. And I think Craig Shefford did a great job playing this role. I think he did a better job than Chad Michael Murray did playing the arrogant douche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for example. But I feel like uh, Dan is in a situation where... Uh, He's kind of like a washed up like guy from high school where he sort of peaked in high school and he never got better beyond that, you know, and he didn't have Deb's, money, Deb's family's money to fall back on. Yeah, that's true. He's not as successful as yeah. he is in the real world. Yeah. So that's why he turned to alcohol and, you know, he's in a loveless marriage, essentially. And I feel like that part of him is still there where he's still pressuring his son to be the best basketball player. I just think it's it's coming from a different place this time, you know? Yeah. So it just shows, like, Dan's always been the same person. He just, like, is, like, depending on the situation, he just has different ways of showing it. I don't know if I'm making any sense by saying it that way. I, but you I know think, what I mean? <laughs> I think what you said earlier, like, he doesn't have the upper hand, which in real world, Dan, he does. He has the upper yeah. hand over a lot of people. So... Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference that I see. But yeah, he's still pressuring Lucas. And you can see those same qualities in him. Like, Mm -hmm. that was always what Dan was going to be no matter what. He was going to have, like... He's just... I don't know what the best way to describe him. He's just pushy, you know? He he wants the best for his son, but, like, it's just not a good approach. For sure. What I want to know is, like, how did, uh... How did Karen change in this universe like how come she's a little bit more savvy business she's essentially the new dan in a way yeah it's not even like deb and karen switch places i mean i feel like deb deb was more karen in this reality or or this universe but karen is was not portrayed as what deb is in in the real world yeah right that was kind of confusing to say that, yeah. but... 
<laughs> Karen was like, <laughs> Karen was portrayed as a totally different person, you know, outside of Deb and Karen's real characters. <laughs> like she, she was just totally different. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not commenting on, like, Moira Kelly's performance. I think Moira Kelly did a great job with the material she was given. But I want to know, like, this material, where did this material come from, necessarily? I guess, like, maybe, uh, I, I mean, she's a thriving businesswoman now. She owns a chain of Karen's cafes now. So maybe, like, that sort of made her a little bit numb. Like, after her husband became, became an alcoholic, um, she's not in love with him anymore. So maybe she just, like ended up burying herself in the work. Yeah, and I guess I guess that does relate to real world Deb in that like she's a ex- successful businesswoman and she's mm-hmm. off doing her job. She doesn't seem as present, which is real world Deb it was like that, you know. Yeah. But but her personality Karen's personality just seems Deb was always warm, you know? Yeah. But this Karen doesn't feel warm to me. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder, though, like, what was Deb like before season one? Maybe she was a little bit colder, and, you know, we and then we got to see her character development, like, from season one onward. It's possible. Because we know that, like, Deb was never home. That was always something that they drove home, like, before she decided to be around for Nathan. Yeah. And, of course, and that also had something to do with, like, you know, the writers, like, seeing around woods and strikes and saying like hey let's give her more work and let's make her a regular in season two so that has a that's a piece of it as well yeah i mean it's curious what she was like before season one we'll never know but mm-hmm. it's a valid point she could have been colder so that's maybe what they were going for with this new karen character for sure yeah so i guess i guess what they're trying to play off of is so karen and keith in this universe are sleeping together which is what deb and keith did in real the real world Mm, yeah i guess that's what they're trying to do or maybe they're also trying to show how karen and keith are just are always going to be like drawn to each other well i yeah i think the reason why karen and keith i think the reason why karen and keith were still drawn to each other was because they did have a pre-existing relationship in high school so it's not like Keith like would start sleeping with Deb, for example. Like he had a pre-existing relationship with Karen, and that's why like he's still like with Karen in this universe. Yeah. So I feel like that's why that happens. Um, meanwhile, to talk about Deb a little bit, um, I want to know why would Deb end up in Tree Hill? <laughs> You're right. That's a good question because in the real world, Deb and Dan met in college, wherever that was. Yeah. And she wasn't from Tree Hill. Huh. Uh-huh. So why would she come to Tree Hill? Like, oh, I want to be closer to my baby's daddy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, oh, that is curious. I don't know. I really wish I said that, by the way, in our intro. Like, oh, that's curious. I had that written down as well. <laughs> you say that a lot? <laughs> I didn't realize that I said that. <laughs> you do. Oh, and one thing I want to talk about is the one of the deleted scenes. Yes. Since we're talking about Deb and Karen. Yeah. Oh, I had one. I had that written down too. Yes. <laughs> so what? And I really wish this was in the episode, but they took the scene out, I guess, because of time. But they, what they were mm. doing was redoing the scene in early season one. I can't remember. Was it the second episode? I want to say it's episode four or something. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, but it has to be. It can't be the second episode. Anyway, it's early season one, and in this universe. Karen walks into Deb's den and wants to get a drink or whatever. And 
basically it's re reimagining the conversation that they had. But this time Karen is saying, um, she's saying like things don't have, like our history doesn't have to be the history with Dan or however they put it. Yeah, which is, those lines were also said in that episode as well. Yeah, Mm. it was said in the original episode. um, But the way they presented it is so different in this episode. I feel like there's such a tension between them. Like, in the real season one episode, there is obviously tension, but it's, it's like polite tension. This was bordering, like, Karen... I don't know. She was colder. And then Deb really was like, I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, for one thing, Karen did try to buy Deb's den. Yes. Like off of her. True. That's- that was like, she basically came for like a business arrangement. So I guess, I guess in this alternate reality, Karen and Deb like wouldn't have been friends because Karen changed so much. Whereas Deb is still pretty much the same person if you think about it. Yeah. Good point. And that offer, I think, probably set the tone for that conversation. Yeah, Deb's just like, I don't need your money, bitch. Bye. Like, uh-huh. I think that's where that really came from. So I did like that scene, though, because I feel like it's, like, it's one of the more tragic things. Like, oh, everything's good for Nathan. But like, oh, look, uh, Karen and Deb, like, we do not have Deborah in this universe. Yeah. I mean, we could still have it, but it would be like one of those like mean things, like lots of like BDSM and shit. I much rather prefer the the original season one. I love that scene with them. It's so it's done so well. For sure, but yeah. This scene was it was interesting because it was so so different. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is different with Zab? Oh, Zab. Uh, in this reality, her folks cut her off because I guess they wanted to show her being poor, just like Karen was. But I want to know, like, why did her parents cut her off in this reality? There's, there's a lot of, like, questions that you have, you know? I know. Again, it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be Nathan's ideal fantasy, so I guess, like, you know, we're not supposed to think too deeply about it, but the whole alternate reality thing doesn't really work <laughs> because of stuff like that. Little small details. I know. And I think they also said that Deb doesn't, she doesn't drink. <laughs> yes, that's the other part as well. So, which, that's <sighs> good. Um, yeah. And I, I that just plays into, like, Nathan's fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Want to talk about Lucas and Peyton? Layton is a reality in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this Layton. <laughs> I really, really don't. <laughs> this is not couple goals. <laughs> no. No, it is not. Um, I will say, when uh, when the two of them are driving the car and they're about to run over Nathan, I like that they played the same dashboard confessional song that plays at the beginning of the pilot. I thought that was a really cool callback. I love that. There were several songs in this episode that were callbacks. Oh, really? That was the only one I clocked. What were the other ones? That one, and then the two at the game at the very end. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I feel like that whole that whole scene's so ingrained in my memory that it just feels natural, but what did, I just never yeah. really clocked it. What It Is to Burn and Rest in Pieces. Those two songs. Uh, I think it was just the two, um, but mm-hmm. they, they definitely play in that the pilot as well. So I, yeah. I love those callbacks, I know. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton's character is so pretty consistent, I think, with like who she was in the original universe. Yeah, I don't... I feel like... We don't get enough from Peyton, but she seemed, she seemed like, yeah, there wasn't really anything different about her that I could comment Mm. on. Right. And the breakup also mirrored the breakup between Nathan and Peyton. They even used some of the same lines. 
Yep. Like the whole thing where he's like, um, I'll call you when you're not so PMS. Don't bother. I mean it. We're done. The only difference is that Hillary Burton isn't using a really fake Southern accent. <laughs> oh, she was? In, the, in that, the actual episode, like, I feel like, uh, I feel like around early season one, they really tried to, like, give them, like, Southern accents because they're from North Carolina. But they end up sounding like this, and it just doesn't sound very good, Caitlin. You know what I mean? I never really noticed. Yeah, she's like, I mean it. We're done. (laughs) Interesting. That's something I ever picked up on. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to say it in the episode when we talked about it, but I decided not to. But she, she's also. I'm just talking now. (laughs) (laughs) Should I talk the rest of the episode like this? Please do not. (laughs) What were you saying? (laughs) And Peyton, during that breakup scene, Peyton is also standing and like, she's kind of in her partially in the closet or like right by the entrance of the closet i think which is where she's standing when that that happened before in the pilot i believe oh yeah the block and the very much the same yeah. it's really cool um also it should be noted that uh peyton has drawn a picture of a doormat and her, her face is on it because get it she's the doormat um but there's actually a deleted scene where Brooke refers to peyton as a doormat for still dating lucas so it's kind of cool to have that little you know it's kind of like without that scene it's i feel like the context is kind of messed up but it still works oh that's funny i didn't catch that yeah like i forgot what brooke says in the deleted scene she says something like oh you're a doormat or something but so yeah we're missing the context of that but it still works because peyton is a doormat in a way so yeah yeah oh, i guess it's cool. not really needed i mean it's not cool but it's like that references. <laughs> it's so cool that Peyton is a doormat. Yes. I, also, speaking of deleted scenes, there was a part where Brooke calls Nathan illegitimate. That was funny. Yes. Oh, look, I, I love that. that. <laughs> illegitimate. Why did they never use that? And I mean, I guess I they, they wouldn't have used it in reality, but like they should have used it in the actual, like this actual episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, um, I like the little callback when Brooke is checking out Nathan and she says, he looks good from behind. Which is exactly what she says about Lucas in her very mm-hmm. first episode of the series. <laughs> I wonder why they went, they did the shower scene. This wasn't in the pilot. It was in the, the whole uh, in the house, though. Hello, Mr. Not, Scott? <laughs> yeah, that, that part was. But, like, they ch- changed the setting completely. Yeah, I guess it was just a way of, like, because, you know, in the, I mean, this wasn't in a pilot, but in episode three, when Peyton is in the back of the car naked, I feel like this is supposed to be a recreation of that. They just wanted to do the whole thing, like, hello, Mr. Scott. They wanted to connect the two, so this is their best way of, like, putting the pieces together. Yeah, you're right. But also, too, I, I hate that this is Brooke's, like, only scene in the actual episode. <laughs> And I'm like, why does Brooke have to be a sexual predator? I know, it's so creepy. Can you imagine <laughs> someone coming in the shower like that? Like, that is so creepy. It's one of those things where you, like, think about it. Like, think about it if you flip the gender. We would not be thinking this is, like, sexy or anything. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nope. Not, not cool. I mean, we didn't think her getting naked in the back of the car as a cheerleader is cool either, even though that scene is iconic in many ways, but it's like, you can feel two things at the same time, <laughs> as we say. Yeah, the shower's even more like, I don't know, that's even more the intense. The sign says boys, doesn't it? Oops. That's why I made sure to say in my intro, 
like consensually get naked with boys. And I heard you. I know. <laughs> yes. So uh, a little behind the scenes tidbit. Um, Caitlin and I were going to. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna say our like our intros that we were gonna flip them, and then I gave Caitlin this intro. Like consensually get naked with boys in the shower. Caitlin did not want to say it whatsoever. Nope, I refuse. She's like, I am not saying. <laughs> So we went with real intros and fake intros. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than switching. It works. It works. <laughs> uh, I knew it was a long shot to get you to say that, but like, whatever. You know, I respect your boundaries. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're too much. Really. <laughs> Anyhow, um, shall we go to this, uh, go to this basketball game on the river court? Yeah, this was a great callback. Mm-hmm. And we get... Like, even the parents are there this time. They weren't there originally. Yes. But I want to talk a little bit about how this game uh, got put together. So, Whitey wanted to see Nathan play in a team setting. And that's that was the whole purpose of this game. But then he ends up not playing in a team setting anyway, because they end up playing one-on-one. So how does this help Nathan? Yeah, I feel like this whole um, basketball duel, or whatever you want to call it, is forced in this version of the universe yeah (laughs) because yeah it all has to do with high flyers but why can't they both go to high flyers i don't really understand that i think that has to do with wasn't that like the requirement for the school like only one person from each school can go that's kind of what i was assuming did they actually say that though i don't know if they say it out loud but that's what i interpreted it as i did too one of them can actually go I mean, I assume that must have been what it was, but I don't know. It seems kind of odd that they would play a game like this and Whitey's supposed to choose one of them or whoever the best. Like, they're actually allowing this to happen. I don't know. Yeah, was the school sanctioned? Because remember, uh, there was a part where uh, I I think it was Fergie and uh, Lucas get into a fight. And then Nathan, then Whitey jumps in and says, like, are you trying to get kicked out of the game before it even begins? And I'm like, this, is, is this school sanctioned? Because <laughs> the other one was not school sanctioned. I know. I I don't, I don't think we have the answer to that. So. It's. Yeah. Yeah. So it, to me, it just seemed really forced reason for them to play a game. Yeah. But they had to do things rather quickly, I guess, in this episode. They, they fit a lot in. Yeah. But there's that point, too. But, like, I want to make it very clear that Whitey still has no idea how Nathan will play in a team <laughs> because they still ended up doing a one-on-one game. Yeah, yeah. So how does how does Whitey make his decision? I don't know. Did, did like, you know, when, when they were writing the script for this episode, did they just uh, say, like, oh, shit, I forgot about uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we were supposed to have him work as a team? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a plot hole. Now that you point yeah. that out. And I understand why they did one-on-one, because that's how the original episode was, but it doesn't really work in this world. Yeah, the, <laughs> you know? the context of all this doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. But... Um, let's go back to what you were saying. Some of the adults showed up. Like, a lot of the adults at Deb's Den were also being very supportive of Nathan. Why do so many adults care so much about high school basketball? <laughs> we have asked that question before. <laughs> I know, and I will never stop asking it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't buy this whatsoever. 
They're like, oh, my money is on the River Court crew. And I'm like, really? The River Court crew? Do you actually care about the River Court crew? <laughs> Have you been to their games? Do you see them play all the time? Come on now. Yeah. I remember, like, the scene in, um, I don't know. I guess it was season. It was earlier this season when Dan was rehabbing. And he was at the doctor's office. <laughs> yeah. I remember the doctor yes. brings up, oh, yes. weren't you the guy who... You know, won the game and blah, 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 blah. 1987. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, this is high school stuff. What? Although... One uh, listener in front of the pod, uh, Bree Leach, did call us out for that because she actually did say because like Bree's a you know Bree's a little bit older than us and in her thirties. I'm sorry, Bree, if I'm calling you out and didn't mean so. <laughs> <laughs> but she even said that like she remembers some of her ba- some of her high school basketball games. Yeah, you're right. I remember that. <laughs> so maybe we're just bad people to ask about this because we clearly do not have formative experiences with our high school basketball games. I guess not. I mean, I remember going to some, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I went to a volleyball game. <laughs> really? That's just one That's volleyball That's so random. Game. <laughs> I had a friend who was on the team. Oh, okay. I mean, I went to multiple sports. Football, lacrosse, soccer, because my friend was on the soccer team. I believe I saw a soccer game, at least. And then I went to a field hockey game in middle school. Basketball. <laughs> I was the manager at freshman year of high school. I was the manager or one of the managers of the girls. Really? Freshman girls lacrosse team, yes. Really? Yep. How come I don't I traveled that? with them to the games and kept score and everything and all the stats. No way. Yep. How did I not know that? <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. Because oh, all my friends were on the, the freshman girls lacrosse team. So. Oh, wow. It was just like hanging out with them. Oh, well, that's fun. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my extent of sports. Yeah. I was uh, I was friends with everybody in the marching bands, so that was like my frame of reference to like going to events. Got it. Sporting events, quote unquote. Like, I went to their competitions. Like, that was my sportsy oh, thing. Oh, wow. I didn't realize I did. you went to those. Yeah, quite a few of them. Yeah, I went to Maryland to go to their like uh to go to their big national competition. That was fun. Oh, wow. Our high school won. Yeah. Oh wow. Huh. And then I went to that competition, then I got swine flu that same day. So that was a that was a thing. Oh, what? <laughs> yes. You had the swine flu? This is really yeah. really off topic. We're learning we're learning a lot about each other right now, yeah. As I learned that you did all that stuff right near my school. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I got swine flu from going to a marching band competition. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but anyway, now I want to talk about the the end of Nathan's dream. So after Nathan wins, like Lucas and Nathan have like a sort of moment where they just like, you know, shake hands and come to an agreement. And then Lucas says, you're going to be okay. Just come back to us soon. And Nathan's like, what? It's obviously... You know, his his brain is listening to the very much real Lucas talking to him. Yeah. That's how I interpret it, at least. And then we hear, hear Haley say, they haven't invented words for how much I love you. And then she says, looks like I won't be needing this anymore. And then she gives Nathan, gives Nathan back the bracelet. And then she's like, don't say I never gave you anything. And then Nathan looks down, the bracelet becomes a wedding ring. And then he looks up, everybody on the river court is gone. And he's like screaming, Haley, Haley. 
and then he wakes up. <laughs> you I should like see that Jeremy's that dramatic face. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I love that moment. It's just like, it's just so sad because he's like realized like, oh no, this isn't real, you know? Yeah, and what was it about Haley giving him the bracelet? I think that was Nathan's way of like coming back to reality. Because when she says, looks like I won't be needing this anymore. It's like the relationship has ended because now he's waking up where him and Haley aren't together. So I think that was his way of like coming to his senses. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Like his consciousness was like almost going in and out at the end of the stream. Like Mm -hmm. it was part dream, but then part like he's coming back to reality again. Mm -hmm. And then we see Nathan. He's awake in the hospital. Just like how we woke up earlier. (laughs) From our dreams, I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? We're both dreaming at the same time. Yeah, I can't believe that. Wow. <laughs> We're really good at these bits, aren't we, <laughs> listeners? Just please tell us. <laughs> By the way, did I ever tell you that apparently one of the biggest uh, podcast red flags is when the hosts laugh at their own jokes? <laughs> well, <laughs> I say that's dumb. I'm just like, well, fuck you. I'm, I'm hilarious. I'm going to keep laughing laugh. at my jokes. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really one of the biggest podcasts and no-nos. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to keep laughing at my jokes. I'm hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what were we saying? Okay, so Nathan wakes up in the hospital and you can see uh, you can see he seems a little bit upset when Lucas is like, uh, he's like, oh, you're back. It's, it's me. Like he seems, Nathan seems kind of upset that what just happened wasn't real now he has to like get back to reality that's a yeah that's a familiar feeling whenever you have a vivid dream like that that's intense like emotionally intense and then you wake Mm -hmm. up and you're like disoriented yeah it's like oh that didn't happen (laughs) yeah either you're disappointed that that didn't happen or you're relieved that didn't happen whatever the case may be i've had both i've had both dream both kinds of dreams like that i can't name any off the top of my head right now but you know we're like Thank God that didn't happen. Or like, oh, that didn't happen. I know. Yeah, I've had both too. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wasn't having sex with Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> I wasn't having sex with Hot Uncle Cooper. Oh, darn. Oh, I wasn't the. I wasn't officiating Zeb and Karen's wedding. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done anyway um so lucas tells nathan that he did call Haley, despite the fact that um nathan told him not to and uh lucas also knows that there were no brake marks on the track and then nathan's like are you saying i meant to do this and then we don't find out what happens there i know scene so just sort of adds because deb walks in. yeah we don't get that answer and i was like oh man that's leaving me hanging yeah I'm trying to remember, like, if we do get a concrete answer for it. I don't know if they have a conversation again. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to what, like, to what we were saying. How, like, Nathan, like, he wasn't aiming for the wall, but he just sort of, like, said, like, okay, well, I'm aiming for the wall. Might as well not do anything about it. Yeah. To try to stop it. I don't want to get too deep. Yeah. I don't want to get too deep into the topic, but, you know, giant trigger warning. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, go ahead and listen to it. But we, Caitlin and I had a really interesting conversation about uh, what we thought Nathan's intentions could have been. Yeah. 
It's all kind of vague, but it would be nice to get a concrete answer. It's a shame mm-hmm. that this conversation was interrupted. Yeah, because Deb walks in, and Nathan apologizes to her because he really hasn't been himself. But then Deb also apologizes to him because she feels like she hasn't been a good mother, and she wants to be stronger for him, meaning she wants to get help for her pill addiction. But, like, I don't think Deb has been a bad mother. (laughs) Like, yes, she needs help for her pill addiction. Yeah, she should go to rehab, of course. But, like, I never really thought, like, her parents had was really uh, a problem. So prior to season one, I don't know. Like, that's always, it sounds like she wasn't that the best mom prior to season one because she was away a lot. Yeah, but it seems like she's been okay lately. I don't know. The only thing that she's tried to do is to love Nathan, care for him, make sure that he's okay, and try to support him. Like, she's actively mm-hmm. tried to do that. So, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know if she has anything really to apologize for other than yeah. maybe being a little erratic lately with her addiction, but, you know, an addiction is an addiction. I Right. I never thought her parenting was bad. Like, granted, okay, she wasn't supportive of, like, Nathan Haley's relationship at the beginning, but whatever. They're fucking teenagers. <laughs> she, I don't think she really has to be supportive or anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, but as far as... I, I don't think her parenting was ever bad, but it still holds true what she said. Like, she needs to get better, and she wants to be stronger for Nathan so she can be a good parent to him. She should absolutely do that, of course. But I don't want Zab to think she's a bad mom. Like, Zab, you're a great mom. You're doing great, sweetie. I know. She's tried to help Nathan. Nathan is the one who doesn't want the help. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is very complicated, I think. For sure. But this transitions us into the coda, which is Hold You In My Arms by Ray Lamontshagny. Lamontshag? I don't know how to pronounce it. I am sorry. But we're in Nathan's hospital room. After Dan tells Nathan he's glad his son is awake, he leaves Deb and Nathan behind as Deb holds Nathan's hands. And then we are in Lucas slash Brooks' bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I write this all down, I never know how to refer to this bedroom. Whose bedroom really is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's Lucas's, but it's Brooks now. <laughs> but we see Brooke has put together the pieces of the shredded paper from Dan's paper shredder, and learns it's a receipt for a car. Oh my gosh. I wonder how long that took her. (laughs) Yeah, seriously? (laughs) But also, like, what kind of paper shredder shreds paper like that? And, like, a bunch of little strips. (laughs) Like, long, thin strips. Listeners, you can't see me right now, but I am, like, holding my fingers out, and I am, like, stretching out (laughs) like I'm stretching a piece of thread. Yeah, it was a lot of strips. (laughs) yeah, but, like, paper shredders, like, have you ever used a paper shredder? Paper shredders do not shred paper like that. I don't know. <laughs> They're, like, in little chipple pieces. So, this is an actual paper shredder. Brooke would have much, much longer time. <laughs> but, good for her. She solved the puzzle. Wonder what this uh, receipt for her car is. Anyway, we go back to the hospital waiting room. After, uh, Karen tries calling Keith, only to knock at an answer, she cries, and Whitey comforts her. Oh, that's so sad. Which is kind of interesting to go from, like, the alternate universe with, like, uh, Keith and Karen's relationship and then to see this, where they're so distant. Ooh, good point. And they have such a warm relationship in, in this reality, whereas in this, the other one was, like, all, it was framed because of manipulation and deception. 
Yeah, it is interesting to see them paired together. That's true. And you really mm-hmm. feel Keith's absence in this mm-hmm. moment, too. I miss Keith. Like, seeing him here, and I'm like, I, I still feel like Keith is gone now, because, he, because like, that's not my Keith. I know, <laughs> I know. That's true. Which I feel like that really speaks to Craig Sheffer's acting. The fact that, like, you know, it is Keith, but it's not Keith. I'm glad he got some work in this episode, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got his coins. <laughs> and then we see Dan drop Deb off at rehab. And then we are back to Nathan's hospital room, where various things happen. We see Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke say goodbye to Nathan. And then as Brooke and Peyton leave, Nathan says, I know you both want me. To which they both laugh. And then Brooke says, yeah, in your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Nathan calls Haley, who is about to board a plane. And tells her he doesn't want her to come home because they should both go after their dreams. Oof. Yeah, this was a hard scene because you see Haley in the airport. She's trying to make her way home to Nathan. And Nathan's telling her, basically, turn around. I know. It's tough to watch. I mean, there's so there's so much distance between these two. And Haley genuinely wants it to come home to, like, I, like Joy's acting in this scene is so wonderful. Like, she gets a call, and she is so relieved to get a call from Nathan. She's like, oh, thank God. And she's like, I'm coming home tomorrow, okay? Like, she says it so matter-of-factly. Like, she was so ready to get on that plane. And then she has to reckon with the fact that Nathan says, no, I don't want you to. And then she turns around. Yeah, it's almost like he had to say it harshly to get her to listen. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to. Which is like, oh, gosh. That must have been really hard to hear. Hold on, because I don't want you to. Which I'm pretty sure is on, like, every previously on for, like, for the next few episodes. (laughs) Oh, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such, like, a punch to the chest, because I don't want you to. But anyway, let's go to some of our favorite things. What was your favorite quote? So I love the quote that you just read from the hospital room. When Brooke says, yeah, "Yeah, in your dreams. I just thought it was really cute. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's so funny because it was in his (laughs) dreams. Oh, 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 so funny. Um, I have an honorable mention that I didn't notice until my second watch for this episode. So when Nalf is like commenting for the game, he says, so rank my last two girlfriends and you'll have the score, folks. It's 10-9, Nathan Lee. And I'm like... What? That's weird. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, this also universe like mouth had two girlfriends, two previous girlfriends. That's that was my big takeaway. I'm like, what? Oh, that's another line I did not catch. I didn't catch it either right away. And then I listened. I'm like, during my second watch, which I just watched a few hours ago, I like heard it. I'm like, wait, hold on. And I rewound, and I'm like, mouth said that there was a writer who wrote that line. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. What? (laughs) They just threw that little bit in there to show how mouth is different in this universe. (laughs) Oh, that's clever. Yeah, I guess, like, I mean, for all we, like, I don't know, like, I always just thought, like, prior to Erica Marsh, mouth never dated anyone. Like, I always assumed Brooke was his first kiss, but, like, maybe we could believe he had girlfriends previously? It's an alternate universe, Jeremy. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But my actual favorite quote is when the alternate universe version of Haley says, they haven't invented words for how much I love you. Aww. 
can you just imagine like hearing that from somebody like hearing that from your soulmate hearing that from somebody who loves you like they haven't invented words for how much i love you yeah that's really oh that is a good one yeah take notes for my future partner like just just say that to me oh that's yeah that really is that's deep <laughs> that's deep um my favorite musical moment was Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional because I thought that was a cool callback. What was yours? I love that one too, but I was switching things up in this episode. I chose oh, yeah. What It Is to Burn by Finch, which is a oh. callback from the pilot's basketball game between Nathan and Lucas. And it's just like a high energy song. And I love the moment originally, and I just I liked it again in, in this episode too. Yeah. We both like callbacks. I know, I love it. (laughs) And what was your rating? So I give this episode two out of five alternate realities. Damn. Damn. (laughs) It's the lowest rated episode of so far of the series (laughs) for for me. Oh, wow. You've never given a one, have you? Never given a one or two. Oh, wow. I was looking back through my notebook. Oh, wow. I've given quite a few ones. I've given a few twos. But this one gets a three out of five Cracker Jacks because it kind of like hits the nail on the head for an alternate universe episode, which is which are things that I enjoy. But there's a lot of missing aspects that I've already went over. Yeah. Just, you know, the whole thing like Hilly being tone deaf that doesn't track, <laughs> you know. There's definitely some plot holes. I guess if you're doing something like this, it's not going to be perfect, but. Watch The Wish. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's like, no. There is perfection, <laughs> and it's Buffy. <laughs> the wish is perfection. I will go about that. Other Buffy fans will say the same thing. It's iconic. Oh, gosh. I imagine, like, our Discord server's gonna blow up. Be like, yeah, Caitlin, the wish is a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Like, I know some of you Buffy fans, like, Brie, Jenna Lee, Ashley, like, come on, like, help me out here. <laughs> I'm plugging... Get Caitlin to get the season three of Buffy. I'm plugging through season two. I've only watched the first episode. <laughs> You're into the good stuff really, really soon, I promise you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Deborah for life. <laughs> That's very curious that you say that, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. And I'm Caitlin Ellenich, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your final reminder to turn the podcast off now if you do not want spoilers. (laughs) You're good at imitating.
imitating me, but I don't know how to imitate you. I'm so bad at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, that just makes me sound like a flight attendant. Like, <laughs> please keep your arms and legs in the seat at all times. <laughs> I really sound like a flight attendant. I feel like the biggest difference between you and me, like, you read the words word for word, and I try, like, and that's what I tried to do. I actually tried to, like, read it off of the script. Like, welcome to the spoiler segment. Meanwhile, I don't look at the script. I just look, and I'm just, like, I glance down. <laughs> so I feel like that's where I was going from. Drawing from that, making sure to read every single word. You know what I just realized? What? I'm gonna have to figure out how to transition into the next episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck! Good luck. Oh, God. (laughs) Good luck. You're going to have to force it, and it's going to be fabulous. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But in this episode, uh, you know, Brooke and Nathan is like, oh, my God, in your dreams. But we had to find out that they do have sex or that they did have sex. I know. I saw that you put this here on on the spoiler topics. Good point. (laughs) And that's not... that's not revealed till season four, right? Yeah, yeah, not till, not till season four. That happens sometime in season one or before season one begins? Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they did that? I think they were just, like, kind of running out of ideas, because, like, that was, like, right at the moment when, like, Brooke and Peyton were, gonna, were starting to make amends, and then they're just like, oh, let's throw this wrench in at the last minute, just to show, like, hey, Brooke did this to Peyton beforehand. Um... So I guess I kind of wanted to make the whole uh, the whole feud between the two of them kind of, like, two-sided as opposed to one-sided, I guess. I definitely felt like it was thrown in, <laughs> for sure. I remember thinking of that, I still think it now. It's like they wanted to even the playing field, because there was the only way to redeem Peyton in any way was to make Brooke just as bad, or equally as bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. I guess that's really the only reasoning of why they would do that. But it does feel yeah. forced. And I don't like that it was something that happened off screen because it just doesn't feel like it really happened, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Because when is there... There's never any sexual tension between Brooke and Nathan in this show. But yeah, I remember um, in that episode when it's revealed that uh, Brooke and Nathan previously slept together. I don't know if you remember this, but there's like a scene where uh, Nathan and Brooke are on the front lawn and they're talking to each other. And then the sprinklers turn yep. on. So I feel like, you know, that was like their way of saying like, oh, look, see, they had tension together. You know, I feel like it's kind of making you believe like, oh, maybe these two will get together at some point. But then you had to find it out like, oh, they were already together at one point. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the only time there was ever tension, quote unquote tension. It was really like friend, cute, like they were playful. Yeah. It would have been cool if there was like more scenes of these two together to like lead up to that instead of having just that one standalone scene. I know. I guess they never wanted the fans to believe that, you know, Brooke and Nathan would get together because that's not what the direction they wanted the fans to think. Yeah. And I I guess it kind of supports the fact that it really didn't mean anything like there was no emotional connection between them Mm-hmm. for sure because they wouldn't have wanted to go in that direction you know yeah absolutely there was already like too many love triangles going around to add nathan into the mix <laughs> like i just feel like it would have been too much i wonder what it would have been like what it would have been like if they did get together brooke and nathan yeah i wonder when that could have happened what could have been? 
What could have been? Which <laughs> is our next episode title. Season two, episode 21, What Could Have Been? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See? You did a good job there. And I got to print off the description for the DVDs because I was not prepared for this. <laughs> and taken from our OTH DVD box sets, the description reads as follows. Moving in, moving out, and moving on. Back in Tree Hill, Nathan makes a big decision about his marriage to Haley and his relationship with his parents. Lucas gathers evidence to use against Dan. We'll, we'll be, be seeing ya. Seeing ya. That was almost in sync. It was. <laughs> <laughs> 